This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. This is episode 164, part two, folks, part two. And listen, I know there's going to be some of you, especially over there at pain.tv slash gold, because a couple people over on Twitter already said, uh, you know, that's disgusting. That you make Glenda look that way. Put some clothes on her. Folks, she's got a robot body. Robots don't wear clothes. Look, I intentionally made it this way for two reasons. I mean, this first version. Number one, I'm going to use this to attract some younger folks into the fold here. Folks that are probably video gamers into this kind of tech. And then hopefully be able to burst their worldview and crush their souls and their spirits as I show them what this world that they think is cool and hip and sexy is actually all about, all right? And number two, for you, if you think it's disgusting, good, I'm glad, you should. But this is what is coming, all right, to your children and grandchildren. If you don't think that in a matter of six months to a year on their devices, They are going to be able to access something like this and have an actual naked woman. They'll be able to do a naked version of whoever they love. I don't even know. Kim Kardashian, Paris Hilton. I know those are are the uh, socialites of yesteryear, but that's what they're going to be able to do. That's what they're going to be able to do. So either start to take the devices away, wean them off them, teach them about the dangers of this stuff, or... Get used to looking at Glenda, because this is what is here. There is no sense in hiding from it. There is no sense in hiding from it. Either you're going to have to learn how to interact with it, or you're going to have to learn how you're going to exit it. That is what I am trying to demonstrate to you and get across to you, all right? Because it's here. I wouldn't have it on the show if it wasn't here. I'm not somebody special. I don't make millions of dollars. I'm not on Fox News. I'm not Joe Rogan, right? I'm just Dustin Gold, independent journalist, independent researcher, independent podcaster, independent analyst of tech, trying to teach you about the dangers of this and the reality of the situation that we face. And so I want you to hate this thing. I want you to despise it. And I'm going to keep it here for the time being because there's no sense in pretending that it does not exist. I'm not going to put my head in the sand. I'm not going to crawl under my bed and put a gun in my mouth and 
and say, I'm going to get out of this place. I'm going to understand this stuff because eventually either I'm going to have to figure out not just how to exit the system, but how to keep the system away from me, right? Or I'm going to have to adopt this tech because it's going to become part of all of our lives. I mean, it's only one or the other at this point, folks, and that is a hard pill to swallow. It is the gold pill. It is the truth. I promised you from episode one that I would always tell you the truth. No matter how much it hurts, no matter how much you hate it, there is no sense in living a lie. All right, before we get back to this guy, Khan from the Rockefellers, let me just show you an example. I forgot. I pulled this up. All right. This is chat GPT they're talking about. This is at cities-today.com. It says right here, cities explore the potential of chat GPT. Now, this is important because it ties into our research from the previous 10 episodes where I got into smart cities and all the technology being used to build the smart cities, and then the promise of the smart city to the citizen living within it that they are going to be able to interact with the city in a virtual way through an app, through a website, and through a virtual assistant. The virtual assistant will be powered by ChatGPT. We showed you in Coral Gables, their virtual assistant didn't even work. All right, It was just completely broken which is what made me go and start to play around with chat GPT because I was interested in seeing the potential of these things. Now, I've already explained to you, and this is 100% truth, when you're dealing with customer service in a chat box online or on your app and you're dealing with, let's say, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, Xfinity, I just give these examples because the vast majority of you probably are interacting with one of those companies those are chatbots. They're robots. Now, at some point, they can push you over to an actual human, probably someone in the Philippines or in Jamaica or in India or Pakistan or, you know, somewhere like that. Um, but in the early stage, you're talking to a robot. You're chatting with a robot, folks. There's robots on Twitter. When people talk about bots, this is what they're talking about. So when you get sucked into a debate with some random person on Twitter, you know, Starfish 99, Rainbow Flag 16, those people in a lot of cases are bots. They're chat bots. They use that to actually train these bots to bring them to the point where they can fool a human into believing they're real. We talked about that experiment that they were working on, what, back in the the 1950s or something like that? Well, this is what they're doing, right? So the chatbots go to work as fake accounts on Facebook and Twitter, uh, Instagram, TikTok, things of that nature, and they interact with real humans, and they're training them to be able to trick real humans. All right, so it's already here. That's, that's just what I'm telling you. I'm showing you this Glenda thing in the form of a cartoon with a very robot-sounding British voice. Now, if I had the money to invest, right, or I was running a pro-tech podcast and wanted to encourage people to go down the path of technocracy, I would be able to feed that into a very realistic voice simulator 
with emotion and everything else, they exist. All right. And I would be able to have a 3D rendered human looking person that it's running through that looks pretty damn real. I've showed you some of the tech that exists in past shows where these digital humans are very realistic at this point. And I would do a split screen and I would just fool you. And I would sit there and talk back and forth. You see how right now I'm at the point with Glenda that I can almost hold a conversation. Um, One of the things that I created in there, I don't want to give away my secrets, but I have a trigger now. So I don't have to click the text box anymore, even with my mouse. I use a voice command and it tells her I'm ready for an answer. I mean, these are just things I came up with to make my life easier to have the conversation but it's real, folks. If I wanted to trick you, I would just be someone sitting here with another co-host that looks very real, and I'd be using AI. Don't think that that isn't happening. I brought up probably 100 episodes ago, we went into Lars Butler and the company Artificial Intelligence Foundation. Uh, Peter Thiel is a partner with him. This guy is all mobbed up with the NSA in business with Keith Alexander, who sits on his board, Deepak Chopra, Richard Branson, all these folks are involved with them, that they were building out these mind twins. And I had brought a uh, question to you folks, and I said, not only would, let's say, Anderson Cooper via satellite with Barack Obama not know if Barack Obama was a complete and total deepfake driven by an artificial intelligence brain something similar to chat gpt but the freaky part is how do you know when you're watching the tv that anderson cooper and barack obama are both not puppets digital puppets projections twins however you want to put it and we don't know that it says right here cities explore the potential of chat gpt this is just from a couple of weeks ago mid-february by sarah ray it says, since OpenAI's next-level chatbot ChatGPT burst onto the scene in November, it has spawned widespread debate over the opportunities, benefits, and risks presented by generative artificial intelligence. Microsoft has invested billions in, star, uh, in startup OpenAI, and earlier this month, Google unveiled its own conversational AI rival, BARD. That's B-A-R-D. It's very early days for these emerging technologies with many ethical, technical, and practical issues still to be played out, but some cities are moving early and beginning to experiment. Now, remember, I explained to you over the last couple of episodes, understanding how this actually works, right? OpenAI... For and, and this is the public information we are privy to. There could be secret stuff going on behind the scenes. We don't know that. But they have the new form partnership with Microsoft. Microsoft now has carte blanche in this open AI tech. Microsoft is housing it all in their data centers. Microsoft is running it on their supercomputers. Now open AI is being injected into all the Microsoft products, including Microsoft Word, Microsoft Excel, Microsoft Outlook, Right? I explained that all to you. And then they have an API, which just think of it um, as, a, as a plug, right? So you have a female plug, an outlet on the wall, and then you have the male plug that sticks in, right? So now you have the, the male plug being all these tech companies out there 
that can now plug in to OpenAI and use all of the all of the tech that powers OpenAI's suite of tools, including ChatGPT, Dolly, the image creator, and Codex, the coding creator, amongst others, amongst others. And now this OpenAI, started by Peter Thiel, Elon Musk, Sam Altman, and Money with DARPA uh, from DARPA, is now going to be injected into all these software projects. Right, so now you have all these cities sitting there. Oh, we're going to do this, folks. This was already in the works. I showed you the heads of Coral Gables, the mayor, the city manager, and the head of innovation. These guys are all engineers, all mobbed up through University of Miami and Florida International University in their case. They go to these international smart city conferences, tech conferences, and everything else. These guys know this stuff was coming, they already knew that. So they're sitting there and ready, and now they're going to start the adoption campaign. Oh, don't worry. The cities are going to start using chat GPT. So now instead of complaining about the morons that work at the DMV, you'll be complaining about Glenda. You'll walk into the DMV office or access it on Zoom, and uh, Glenda will come up, and you'll be sitting there going, I hate this thing. You made it look too cute. Well, this is reality, folks. This is reality. Science fiction is science fact. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dust of Gold with the Dust of Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dust and Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.TV. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to Pain.TV slash gold. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get back to it over here at cities-today.com. It says right here, Singapore's civil servant helper. Singapore is looking at using AI language models as those that underpin chat GPT to speed up common tasks for civil servants. We spend a lot of time writing in government whether we are crafting policies, managing operations, or communicating with citizens, it's not just how we communicate, but it's how we think in government, end quote, said Moses So, a senior product manager at Open Government Products, that's OGP, Singapore's in-house experimental development team that builds technology to solve public sector challenges. That's how they solve those challenges, folks, with technology. Goes on to say, quote, we think that large language models like GPT-3 can accelerate this knowledge work, end quote. The GPT-3 family of models powers chat GPT. Now, question for you. I mean, honestly, when you're sitting over there in Singapore or Indonesia or anywhere else, do you uh, ask chat GPT who created it, where'd the money come from, and then you find that DARP was involved, 
And because all of our countries are supposed to technically be individual sovereign nation states, you go, well, well I don't, DARPA was involved in uh, starting this thing. I, I don't know if we want to integrate it into our government. God only knows what's hidden inside the code. And because OpenAI does not actually give people access to the code, as was promised, as we discussed in episode 163, all of a sudden, this foreign government is going to just allow a piece of technology that was in part started by the United States' Department of Defense? See, use common sense and critical thinking, folks. Seriously. What a joke. What a joke. All right, it says, So was speaking at the annual Hack for Public Good event last week where he presented a tool called PAIR, P-A-I-R, which is built on the government commercial cloud and integrated with Azure OpenAI, Microsoft's enterprise large language model offering. Now, Azure, we've explained that. That's Microsoft Azure. That's all their data centers. And they run the supercomputers that run OpenAI. And they are offering the API, the the female-to-male plug, basically, to create a, a funnel. So OpenAI can be funneled into all this other software, all these other systems, into the government of Singapore. You see, I told you, it's going to be integrated into everything that is on the internet. That's just the reality. It is a fact. Um, I challenge anyone who says otherwise, okay? And it's not you know, something that's coming, it's it's done. The deal is done. It's just going to be rolled out now. And probably what's been going on is the vast majority of these folks, governments, software companies, have already been working on this for quite a while. And now they're going to start to talk about it, which is the illusion, right? Should we do it? Uh, yeah, I think that would be it. Let's run a test. Meanwhile, it's already sitting back there in the closet, you know, in the shoebox, and it's ready to go. They just have to pretend that they're testing it out at this point. It goes on to say, the tool was built directly into Microsoft Office, quote, where most public officers spend our time, end quote, said so. So described how officers can use Pair to speed up common tasks like researching and drafting policy papers, summarizing news, answering citizen queries, or, quote, getting the gist of long documents in seconds, end quote. So they're using ChatGPT because Azure OpenAI. They're using ChatGPT to uh, summarize long documents, basically, write cliff notes for them. Uh, It goes on to say, when officers reply to resident queries, the tool can make sure responses are consistent with the agency's previous communications, hopefully more consistent than than Glenda is in a short conversation. goes on to say, as well as supporting writing, Pair can also help with other natural language tasks, such as quickly redacting personally identifiable information from documents like contracts. Quote, suffice to say, we are excited to see what officers do with this tool, and we're doing everything we can to ease adoption in core workflows. This requires large language models with an easy reach of every officer, 
equipped to reason over public sector knowledge, and that can only be done with a strong foundation of security, end quote, said so. Now, this is uh, something I just want to bring up to you. I, I don't know if the article addresses this. It may. All right, so back in, I, I know it doesn't address this, back in 2013, a friend of mine, this uh, white American, I'm a racist, I am describing him by color, white American named Alan. He's a business development at the time for an Indian-owned tech company, not Native American folks, all right? It wasn't guys with feathered headdresses and tomahawks that were running the uh, tech company. It was the other Indians, uh, the guys with the dots, the ones who like curry. And so they had a company out of Atlanta. I've talked about it before. They had a small data center down in their, in their basement. So Alan reached out to me. He had found some of the comedy work. That was back when I was doing the political comedy stuff, the production there. And he had reached out to me, and this company had a video streaming platform, and they wanted to utilize that to develop, so I was told, uh, uh, English-speaking American political comedy. And they had a animation company out of India as well. So they wanted to do some animated comedy like Mitt Romney debating with Barack Obama, that kind of stuff, cheesy kind of stuff. And so they reached out to me. I ended up going to do Atlanta. They put me up in a nice corporate apartment for several months until I got sick of the Indians and I left. But I was single at the time. So I got to live there for free. It was nice. And um, in between doing the corporate comedy, I was working on some projects with these guys. And I really got intrigued by tech back then. And they had a product which was called Semantic Search, and it utilized natural language processing. And so the way it worked was very much like ChatGPT, but it didn't talk back to you. The results weren't in as much of a human spoken word form. Okay, and what they were doing, uh, the guy who owned the company was really smart. He was, he was a contractor for Citigroup, and he was developing some tools and trying to put this semantic search to work for actuarial departments. And basically the way it worked, I explained to you with ChatGPT, it works off data sets. So you would have various data sets. We've talked about structured, unstructured data, things of that nature. And... Um, in this case, let's say with the city, they could take all their records uh, on everything. You know, the people that live there, zoning permits, fishing licenses, whatever they want. And they could attach uh, his product at the time. I think it was called um, Semantify or something like that. In this case, let's say Glenda. And you could attach it to the city database. And now the city has its own data set that uh, Semantify could actually pull from, and they could create basically apps inside this. So you would look at the front page of ChatGPT, which is, let's say it's like a Google, and you have a search bar, but then you'd have apps like turn on zoning permits, turn on you know fishing licenses, turn on tax records, and then you can ask Semantify questions. You could say Semantify uh, how many people or what percentage of people that own fishing licenses have also pulled zoning licenses? 
And Samantha Five would come back and it would deliver, at that time, it would deliver in the form of like a chart, a graph. You could ask it to do a graph. This is back in 2013. This was a small company. I mean, this was like three Indian guys owned it and they might have had, you know, 10 developers that they would either outsource to work on other projects or they would develop develop projects in-house. And this is what they're talking about in this case. All right, this is this why I've said chat GPT is just what these guys were doing on steroids, right? And so what happened was back in 2013, they were interested while I was there in uh, hiring me or contracting me to do some marketing for them because they were like, I can't believe some American white boy uh, actually understands this tech plus i was 10 years younger you know the, my dark uh, black slick back hair i look good in a suit and they're like damn we could get this guy to go out and start looking for grants and contracts and stuff for us but what happened was i started as i always do doing research and i came back to them and i said listen google's already working on this they have billions behind this they're gonna beat you to this I mean, you're just a little tiny company. Yeah, this is cool, but what kind of contracts are you going to get? And to be honest with you, fast forward 10 years, that project died because Google came out with it. Google actually started using semantic search and natural language processing right in Google search uh, in about 2014, 2015, along with uh, basically personalized artificial intelligence-driven search so that if you and I search pizza shops, when we're standing next to each other in the same city, we might get different results because it knows that I like thin crust pizza and you like thick crust pizza. So you're going to see the thick crust pizza first and I'm going to see the thin crust first. So, you know, this is what I'm just saying. It, it's existed. So what they're talking about here now is the city, you know, or Singapore can now connect the chat GPT architecture up to their own data servers. And now all this personal information on folks in the city gets pulled into their version of chat GPT. Now the question is, is that data housed on private servers uh, inside, you know, the city hall, you know, or the state capital? I mean, not that that's safe. Is it already stored on the cloud, meaning it's stored with Amazon or Microsoft or somebody else? Uh, Or are they going to take information from servers they have in the headquarters or city hall, the state capital, and move it over to Microsoft Azure's data center? Now, that information, is that really secure or is that going to become part of the hive mind of ChatGPT and all the data that they're allowed to access? Now, I've read and studied a lot of stuff. The, one of the ultimate goals of the technological prison planet we live in is that they want to be able to connect up all the data in all the forms, structured, unstructured, siloed, everything else, all the data that's generated by Facebook, by Twitter, by websites, by uh, credit card payments, by healthcare records, by governments. I mean, just so much. And they want to be able to combine that into one master database so that anyone anytime who has the authority can pull up any information on you from anywhere now i know they're close to this that's the ultimate goal so you literally will have a digital police file on you available at all times 
and it will constantly be run. There will be algorithms run against it. This is part of what is going to police us once they reach the level of the central bank digital currency combined with sort of the the carbon credit system combined with a social score system. So it'll constantly be running you against all these different variables. Not a whole lot different in simple terms that when you call up to try to get a credit card or a mortgage or a loan and they run your credit score in real time, right, that's always being tabulated in real time, they want to be able to do this with everything, right? So one of Peter Thiel's companies, Clearview AI, they can do facial recognition on me and pull up my file. They want to be able to do that to everyone at all times, folks, at all times. And it's not going to be just to stop you on the street and harass you. It's going to be to decide when to turn off your CBDC wallet, what they want to turn off, what they want to control, what they want to allow you to do, what districts or sectors they want to allow you to go into. Now, this is the actual world that we are entering. And for that, I'm going to exit momentarily. I'll be right back after this short commercial break, folks. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 